Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the ShuttlePod podcast. Today is a very special episode of the ShuttlePod because we will be discussing the first episode of the first season of Star Trek Picard. I'm your host, Kaylee Iacovino, and I'm joined by all of my ShuttlePod crewmates, Brian Drew. Hey, everybody. Matt Wright. Hey, guys. And Jared Whitley. Hello, friends. So, guys, I mean, pretty big news. Yeah. It's been a big week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. The show, not only just the show premiering, but things surrounding the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got even a few bits of uh, news regarding the second season of Picard, even though all we've seen so far is the first episode. So, Matt, you want to catch us up on some of the news? Yeah, sure. So, I think as we all expected, season two was made official uh, right before mm-hmm. season one premiered because, duh. I mean, we knew that, <laughs> right? I mean, not, yeah. o- not only because there were California tax credits filed that told us that was <laughs> happening, but, but, I mean, let's be real. Uh, it's going to get a second season, and I'm sure it'll get a third because, we, as we know, they have said in interviews, they have a three-season plan anyway right, for, for this right, show. Right. So I have no doubt it will get all three seasons, you know, whatever kind of plan they have for it. Um, so we kind of all expected that, but but what we had, we talked about this a, a little while ago on the podcast was it was a it was kind of a bummer to hear that Michael Shabon was going to be sort of splitting his time understandably with his own project and so he wouldn't be the showrunner for season two and that was a little bit of a disappointment he's still going to be involved of course like he's still an executive producer he still plans to you know write for it but he also needs right but he also needs to turn his attention to that he has a deal with cbs studios along with his wife to develop his you know pulitzer prize winning book the adventures of cavalier and clay and so he's, I mean, when your own project gets, gets an option, right? Like you're going to turn your attention to that. So I don't blame him, mm-hmm, but no. it was kind of a bummer. So the nice part is when they announced season two, officially, we now know who the showrunner is going to be. And he's an interesting guy that I hadn't really heard of before, but he's got Trekkie in his blood. So it's Terry, um, Metalis mm-hmm. or Matalist. I think. Yeah. Anyway, um, he most recently co-created the TV version of 12 Monkeys for sci-fi, which um, was kind of a cult classic. Like it, it got good reviews and stuff and it ran for four seasons. So it obviously like wasn't, you know, a disappointment for sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually I never watched it. I was meant to watch it because I, I kept yeah, I reading confess, good things about uh, it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. No, but I kept reading good things about it. Um, mm. And then here's his Trek connections. He paid his dues uh, when he was, you know, a young kind of writer trying to break into the biz as like production assistants and like writer's assistants on Voyager and Enterprise under Brandon Braga. So he's actually not a stranger to Trek. And he's uh, he ended up continuing to work with Brandon Braga on Threshold in 2005. And, not yeah, not the Voyager episode. Not the, not the Voyager <laughs> episode. A very short-lived TV show called Threshold. <laughs> <laughs> which was and of then, course based on the board it's important yeah, yeah, to make right. that it's clear right Kayla? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was in 2005 many years after <laughs> that, that fateful episode it was, of the, uh, it was the the series long adaptation of the right, beloved exactly. voyager episode <laughs> exactly right, right um and then uh one of braga's next projects called terra nova in 2011 so this is kind of interesting right we basically have a protege of brandon braga's about to come in and help show run the second season of Picard. So it's kind of almost like, you know, it's interesting, right? Like here comes the protege of Brandon Braga back to Trek. So it's just, it's a small world in a way, right? Like here's more people connected to Trek, like coming back. It's also funny to me, I think, because, you know, thankfully people have been much more kind to Brandon Braga these days, but you know, mm-hmm. Braga got a hell of a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. In the way, way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way too way much. Too in much. fact, way too much. So it's just kind of interesting. Cause here comes like a Bragaite, you could say coming back to <laughs> do something in the 24th century. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Like it's, it's a cool little, you know, yeah, dude, I love connection. I love Braga and Berman era track. So like, we'll I, see, huh? I'm super happy if they, you know, if if uh, Terry can sprinkle some of that in to the yeah, new series. It will be interesting to see. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so that wait, that's all we know so far, of course, because you know, <laughs> season two, they're still just like sketching out some ideas. That's all they are now. Um, right. Although we were under the impression, at least up to a couple of months ago, that they were going to go into production again in March, but maybe that's changed because of the showrunner change. It's not sure. Yeah. Else. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but Patrick, but Patrick had said something in an interview about going back in March, and I think somebody right. else involved with CBS had mentioned that. But who knows? You know, that was before the announcement, and so it might be yeah. possible that they, you know, might need a little more time. Who knows? It's hard to say. Yeah, but yep. the other really yep. cool thing that that happened was, of course, to you know, out on the press junkets to talk about season one. Patrick Stewart went on the View, which is Whoopi Goldberg's among you know ensemble of people but Whoopi Goldberg's uh, daytime talk show where he since Patrick Stewart is an executive producer he officially as both the producer and the star said would you like to be in season two of Picard mm. I think that was huge that was something that you know I think all of us had at one point said gee who do you think belongs in you know in Picard well Guinan because yeah. Guinan's long lived she's his sounding board she's his confidant yep. like she of all people should be around mm-hmm. she's one of the most she's got to be one of the most beloved characters like is there anyone who's like I don't really like Guinan never heard no. anyone say that unfortunately no. there are people who are come out of the woodwork that say that but it kind of what? that surprises really? me yeah it surprises me but no I think she's generally well liked mm. I, I must yeah. say yeah so that's really good news too, because yes, Guinan should definitely be around. <laughs> I, I I also just love how much Whoopi Goldberg loves Star Trek and loves the character of Guinan, because mm, you know yeah. I mean she, she basically does. was like I want to be on Star Trek, and so they're like oh like this really famous A list actor yes of course come be on Star Trek. Yeah, oh yeah, they, they thought she was joking. Her. Yeah, they thought she was. They joking. didn't believe her. At the beginning. Gene didn't believe her. No. <laughs> Because it's true. Because you know she's a big movie star. Why would a big movie star want to work on a syndicated mm-hmm. TV show? But she did. Yeah. And but she, she did. and she yeah. made. Um, I think we were all at um, the Las Vegas convention when she made her first mm-hmm. convention appearance. Yep, she was. Great. It was so awesome. And one of my favorite yeah, parts is she brought up um, the different hats that Guyna would always wear. And yeah. my my friends and I used to argue about what we think. Um, like they were in the shape of be like, oh, that's like her stop sign <laughs> shape. That's her teardrop shape one. And she got up there and she goes, she's like 100% dead serious, like gets this look in her face. And she said, because my hats were the ship. Like they were the that's shape right. of the ship. Yeah, the saucer. And I'm like, I guess maybe. Yeah. But the fact that Whoopi Goldberg says it is, it is now long. Sure. <laughs> yeah. See, so so my theory had always been they were supposed to look like a halo because she was supposed to be like the oh, guardian angel of the I ship. Love it. But I was not going to raise my hands and argue with her. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. I love that okay, theory it's, though. It's the ship, but everyone. Well, I mean, it, it makes her look supernatural, right? It kind of reinforces that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we digress. Uh, yeah. From we, we, we yes, we do. Yeah. So we do know one thing about season two is that we will see Guinan. If it all goes well, yes. Hooray. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, should we just dive right into talking yeah, about let's the, get into the good stuff. premiere episode of Star Trek Picard? in. Yes, yeah. indeed. Well, Brian, why don't you take us, take us on this journey? <laughs> Very well, then. <laughs> okay, so the episode is called Remembrance. The teleplay is by Akiva Goldsman and James Duff with the story by Akiva Goldsman and Michael Shabon and Kirsten Bear and Alex Kurtzman and James Duff <laughs> and is directed by Hanalee Culpepper who directed not only this episode but the two subsequent episodes. Yep. So I will now read the synopsis. At the end of the 24th century and 14 years after his retirement from Starfleet, Jean-Luc Picard is living a quiet life on his vineyard Chateau Picard. When he is sought out by a mysterious young woman, Dodge, in need of his help, he soon realizes she may have personal connections to his past. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Excellent work. Next time on Star Trek Picard. I know. I missed I miss that, actually. Same. 
Oh. All right. So why don't we do our, our general thing where we just go around and, and start out by saying our general thoughts, general reactions to the episode. There's a lot to unpack here because it's not only just reacting to this episode, but it's reacting to the fact that this series is real and new now and <laughs> it has substance and something that we can sink our teeth into. I think like before before actually diving in, I think it's just worth reiterating what a big deal this is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. kind of a given. And every, everyone listening to this podcast, I think, already knows that. So we kind of like skipped it at the top. But it's just, you know, th- this is new Star Trek in 2020 with a bunch of really talented people working on it, with a ton of money behind it, and with uh, Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard in the 24th century. So, yeah, who like just a few mm-hmm. years ago was saying he would never do it. So mm-hmm. and then, kind of a big yeah. deal. Yeah. And then only said he only agreed to do it because when they pitched him the, the story idea that it was so good that he was so and, behind and it. And that he got input. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that had a big... As executive producer. Yes. yes. Yeah. <clears throat> So, yeah, just felt like we had to, like, get that on the table to sort of sure. underscore what we're, what we're all going to tear down here. So, yeah, why don't we go around and do our general thoughts? Um, Jared, why don't we start with you? Okay, so the thing I just want to need to interject first, you mentioned him getting producer credit. And so it is reassuring that Patrick Stewart has the leadership on this, that we know he's invested in what's happening with this character he's owned for more than 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. That makes me breathe a sigh of relief that he's got full investment in it. So I feel very good about that. Um, that just out of the way. Um, in terms of my reaction to this episode, I really enjoyed the tone. I felt it was, it was bright and colorful. Uh, I didn't... Um, feel unpleasant just looking at it because we had these beautiful pastoral images and these nice bright shots of of the future of the san francisco bay uh it wasn't bleak and depressing like maybe some other stuff might have been that i don't necessarily need to belabor um but i think the three of you know what i'm talking about um and it was it was just great to see him there in a lot of ways from the last time we saw him which was future picard from all good things so, in terms of just making people feel like this is pointed in the right direction, they succeeded. Yeah. It's interesting that you choose, because, like, chronologically in-universe, that is the last time we saw him. I thought you were about to say Nemesis. But no, you're right. It's no. Future Picard from All Good Things. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. but All Good Things was a possible it's, future. Yeah, it was that's not, true. Yeah, we don't even know if that ever would have... That, that could have all been a giant simulation that Q that was Q, running. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. But in a way, in a way, Jared's not wrong. I just thought, I thought it was, you subverted my expectations there, Jared. I thought you were going to say oh. Nemesis. Oh, no, no. I mean, they, they continue on with Nemesis, especially with the like the Irving Berlin song, which was kind of an interesting little thing to start with. Yeah. But I think they wanted people to re- think about all good things more than Nemesis. Okay. Anyway, that's me. What, do, what, what about you guys? I don't so, but yeah. Oh, let's hear. Like it's let's far hear. more connected. Yeah, it's I, far more connected to Nemesis because that's actually. Yes, it I is. Agree. That's actually like that actually happened, whereas the Q thing never actually never happened. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Data is most st- definitely dead, and like you said, the Irving Berlin song connects it. And, before you know what I mean, like before, before. exists. Yeah, like I yeah. Yeah, connected to the data-specific events of Nemesis. I guess it's less connected to Very the much so. yeah. Picard-specific events. Like, I don't Agreed. think anyone yeah. ever wants to talk about the clone thing again. Oh, my Just, God. Just, like, sweep yes, that the... under the rug. Please, no. <laughs> I actually... So, so you, folks who listen to this podcast know what a big deal this is. I actually rewatched Nemesis as part of prep for Picard. Wow. Good for you. And, Good on you. you. Know, Did you survive the entire thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was it was okay. <laughs> I I I truly haven't watched it in I don't know how long, ten years maybe or something. Um, you know, it's all right. It's it was good for the the B four and the data part, and but otherwise, yeah. Ugh, it, it's, yeah you can just true. tell they didn't like making it. Like, yeah, whatever. Except for the scene with the ATV in the desert with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you could tell Peace Do liked it for sure, but <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway. Um, the one of the nice things though about revisiting that is just that it reminded me of a few things and also a nice thing is that dagger 
that Shinzon uses, which is like a Rommel and Riemann dagger, mm-hmm. they actually sought out and use in this episode, which I thought was cool. I didn't realize if, it was the same one. And because I had seen Nemesis recently, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the same dagger. And, of course, I saw, you know, it was confirmed immediately, like, that they went and got the same prop guy to do it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, eye. no, it's, yeah. it's it's cool. No, there's some cool things like that. that, But mostly it was like, all right, well, I watched it again. <laughs> anyway. So what would you think of this? But in, in general, movie? though, yeah, yeah, on to the positive stuff. I really enjoyed this. I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. like all, I think all of us, we were sort of cautiously optimistic that this mm-hmm. would be good. Um, I didn't quite know how they were going to handle the 20-year gap and what's what. I think it was really great that they didn't shy away from the fact that, and remember that Picard is actually 10 years older than Patrick Stewart. So that Picard is a 90-year-old guy. And while 90 isn't as old as it is now, it's also mm. not a spring chicken. You know what I mean? Like, yes, people mm-hmm. live right, to 130, right. but like 90 ain't young either. Um and so I think that was really nice. Like he's he's winded, you know, chasing after Dodge. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that was great because you know what? Th- this is a different period of his life, mm-hmm. and like yeah. he he can't quite be the hero physically, the no. hero yeah. that he once no. could be. And no, that's I mean, okay. One look at you Patrick's know? yeah. One look at Patrick's face, and you you know you yeah. He's visibly an you know an older, older gentleman exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that's okay. And it's nice that they didn't sort of go. Nah, he's 90, but he can behave like an action hero, which there was, yeah, you know, some temptation to do, You could, I think, maybe, you know. Um, I don't think they were going to do it, but there's that temptation, you know, and we could, in modern Trek, that's a little more action movie um, mm-hmm. stylized, let's say, that that could happen. Um, so anyway, I was really pleasantly surprised with it all. I loved the fact, that, I mean, there's some great lines where, like, he talks about, you know, his Romulan compatriots kind of go, do you have bad dreams? And he's like, no, the dreams are lovely. It's waking up. That's terrible. Basically, you know, just some things where you feel for the man that, you know, that he's tortured about certain things and he's, he knows that he's kind of sulking and hiding out on the, on the vineyard. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we we know it and he knows it. And it's cool to see that his life gets sort of set in motion again, you know, by Dodge showing up. Um, yeah, that's. I guess that's my general thoughts. I was very pleased with it, and I can't wait to see more. <laughs> awesome. Oh, good. Very good. How about you, Brian? Uh, I liked it for the most part. I love the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. It was nice to actually just take in the story at a nice leisurely pace. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. It was beautifully photographed. Uh, Patrick was wonderful. The cast, everybody was excellent. Yeah. The, uh, everybody was really, really good. Um, yeah. I have a few reservations about a couple of things, which we can get into later. But overall, mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. Yeah. It is definitely the most enjoyable Star Trek I've watched in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Amen. Yeah. What about you, Kay? Yeah, I 100% agree with, with what you're saying, Brian. It's I was really scared <laughs> to watch yeah. the first episode. I almost didn't want yeah. to because I'm like, yeah. if this is yeah. bad... It's just there's so many reasons why that's upsetting. Not just because, and not even just because it's um, so important to the franchise right now. You know, the franchise is in this very mm-hmm. particular position where it, you know it. it if it's going to be this smash hit success thing, that is mimic is is mimicking anything like it ever was at its peak. You know, in the '90s, then it it has to have something really really big. And this is like one opportunity to um, bring in that amount of um sort of notoriety and like you know we've talked about jared and i talk a lot about like you know how tng has sort of taken over the internet in a way and there's memes of picard and all this stuff so he's like he's in the zeitgeist um so this is a really cool opportunity for for the franchise but also just like if this if this isn't good then like watching a show with patrick stewart and being picard not be good would just be kind of heartbreaking (laughs) Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but I, I, I liked it a lot. I'm, I don't even want to say love yet because I'm still a little nervous. It's only been one episode, but I'm right. very happy so far. Like you all said, of course it was be- beautifully photographed, but that was, you know, they threw a ton of money in it at it, so I knew that was probably always going to be the case. Um, it was beautifully acted. 
um obviously they had a bunch of great actors they had patrick stewart and he was like on his a game he was some of the scenes like reminded me so much of my favorite moments from tng where he was so passionate and he has this you know seven plus year history on screen behind him and so those moments really resonated for me like they did in tng um and one moment in particular stands out which is the scene where he's being interviewed Mm-hmm. And the one line in particular where he's talking about um, all of the lives that had been lost um, after Romulus was destroyed. And the interviewer says, well, they're Romulan lives. And he says, no, they were lives. And at that, that moment to me was like, wow, OK, this is Star Trek. This is... Yeah, that's Jean-Luc Picard. That is Jean-Luc Picard. This is an embodiment of the things that I love about this show in like that one, in that one scene. And so that really got me energized. Um, Yeah. So you're saying you prefer that to when he says time's up and blows up Ruafo at the end of Star Trek Insurrection. (laughs) Is that what you're telling us, Kayla? (laughs) I prefer TV Picard. To movie Picard. Yes. I think we all do. It remains to be seen who this will be. I still think it will be a third oh. version of Picard. Oh. Yeah, Neither TV nor version. movie Picard. Yeah. But, but more in common with TV Picard. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So cool. It sounds like we all pretty much liked it. We're all very positive about it. That's exciting. I'm excited, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, good good what about this as um as the premiere episode so it's it's um it's difficult to judge it as a pilot because it's sort of the first chapter in a serialized Mm -hmm. story Mm -hmm. um so the the producers have so far referred to it as like a 10-hour movie um and that sure seems like it huh (laughs) exactly yeah so it it really seems like that's the way it's going to be going this really felt like the first chapter but it still had its own beginning middle and end but very clearly part of a bigger whole so but as the kickoff to this this season because it had a very important job to do you know what do you guys how do you guys think it did with that job i think it did fine but as you said it's not really so much of a a pilot as it is just an introduction right it's like the start of this story yeah somebody somebody i was talking to said it's like watching the first 20 minutes of a movie or something (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it, you know or I mean? or it's so like the over it's like the overture to uh, um, an opera. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So sure. like I saw people trying to compare it to the other Star Trek pilots, and I'm like, you, you can't do you that. You can't. No, you can't. From what I understand, since people who got to the L.A. premiere saw the first three episodes, this is not a spoiler, but just so it's spoiler free. But just know that essentially the first three episodes are actually like a long introduction to like get us where we sort of are going. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's what I mean. Like we have to be patient. It's, it's going to take the first three episodes to like assemble the crew and like figure out what the hell is going on and where, where to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's very different. Like that would be in a, in, in the typical, you know, nineties pilot, that would all be one hour right there. That would all have happened in the first hour. Right. You know, mm. like we see a flashback to Cisco at Wolf 359 and then we flash forward and then he gets to send to Deep Space Nine. Oh, and then he comes face to face with Picard, who he hates as Lacutus, but he works through that and then he finds the wormhole and boom, that all happened an hour. <laughs> and instead, like, think about it, right? Yeah. That'll happen an yeah. hour. And instead, because of the more serialized nature, we get three hours of like old man Picard figuring out what the hell is going on here. And I think that's great, actually. I think that's going to work. Yeah, and we, we, you know, you say the old man Picard thing, and that's what, like, I think we we had been using that as our shorthand for, like, what could this Mm -hmm. possibly be about except just Picard being old and in a vineyard. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't that. It wasn't. It wasn't, no. Like, it it, it was literally a lot. There were a lot of scenes of old Picard joking, you know, there's, like, a joke about him ordering decaf Earl Grey and stuff. Yes. um, Like, in a vineyard. But it wasn't, like, quote, unquote, old man Picard. I know you didn't mean it that way. Um, no, no, it wasn't. But, yeah, but I I'm, did use that term for purposefully as tongue in cheek. Yeah, 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 of course we did. Yeah, tongue in cheek. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, at, like how well they did with it. When you when you when you say that, how oh the fact that they didn't set up all of these things and it's going to take us three episodes to figure out where we're going and who everyone mm-hmm. is. Like, wow! But we still like learned a ton and the, like Brian, like you said, the pacing was really good. The the story mm. moved right along. Yeah, but not breakneck, thankfully. I I also need to interject. 
I was actually a little annoyed with the action scenes because I just wanted to watch him drinking tea and talk, right? And talking, right? <laughs> yeah, and they had to throw in the action scenes for they, they like, had to they they the had other to. people basically. But sure, yeah. for the normies, they want to to tune in, but to have him just like <laughs> at this futuristic science place talking with this artificial intelligence lady about Bruce Maddox. Yes. Like I was so I captivated. Like scene, by the way. That was great. Yeah. I like that whole sequence a lot. The actually. whole sequence was yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about how much um, Picard already in the first episode has picked up from TNG, like the Maddox thing? Yep. That's mm-hmm. for, that's a big one, and and I think yep. I think they did it in a really good way. One of the things I I tweeted about in my sort of spoiler free tweet was, I said that there were, was no fan service, and what I meant by that was there was oh like no, like blue milk exactly yeah. no blue milk mm-hmm. moments no egregious fan service, no, but there was no. plenty of tie-ins to the show, and this is my like thank you my proof like look you can tie back and harken back to these moments these keystone moments and even weave them very intricately into the plot without being like hey remember bruce maddox hey remember measure of a man hey remember this well, like they yeah. kind of do that when they, when he goes into his archives i mean that room is full of like hey remember this hey remember sure. that but, hey, but, remember but this. they're just they but they just exist day. there yeah but they just exist there no one goes on to like a huge expository like tirade about it or it's not See, that's, central that's to the, they're not like sitting around yeah. a 3d chessboard right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's that's in there just as little candy you know for people but it's not like by the way i'm gonna stop and i'm gonna point to the enterprise e and say this is the enterprise e i used yeah, to command yeah. it you know what i mean like it's just yep, there in yep. the background like they had picard and data on the d and then they had picard and data in tng uniforms and i didn't feel fan servicey to me either of those moments no 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 it, because it they're, they're clearly dreams because it was weird. it was because it was plot driven it had a mean yeah. a reason for being right and, yeah yeah and it was and picard was dreaming so it made total sense uh-huh yeah that's how you do it guys <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't this like you know they didn't the music didn't swell and they didn't pan up from a low angle towards picard while it went and you know it didn't it was just there that's unusually precise (laughs) you guys know exactly what i'm talking about oh yeah of course Uh, on that note, I actually generally liked Jeff Russo's score for this. Uh, for this, I think yeah, it was yeah, a it was lot good. better than some of his other stuff for Discovery. I mean, some of that's just like the style is different, you know. Hmm. But I'm still not, you know, I'm not in love with Russo's work. But in general, you know, like overall, like eh, I'm still kind of lukewarm on it. But I did like what he did for this, and I liked it a lot better than some of the Discovery stuff. I so, completely hmm. agree with you, Matt. Yeah, and there were some nice, there were some nice touches. There's you know, there's some like little like penny whistle stuff for Picard kind of worked in. And there's also a really cool, uh, I guess you call it music Easter egg, which is when we see them pull out from like the, you know, the Romulan reclamation site, which is a board cube, of course, as they pull out from that, there's a few notes of the sort of TOS Romulan commander kind of theme. Yeah, that's actually worked in there. And I thought that was a lovely little musical Easter egg. So, so there's nice stuff like that worked in there. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, so should we talk about data? No, Let's talk yeah. About data. We have to talk about data. He's the elephant in the room or the android he in cer- the room. <laughs> he certainly is. Um, so first of all, he looked pretty good. Yeah. You know, I know there was a lot of concern. <laughs> among people in this podcast that you know he was not going to look he was not gonna you know he was looking bad in the trailers which he was 
while and they were trying to figure out like the, early yeah yeah while they were trying to figure out the de-aging aspects of it and uh, i think for the most part they hit it i mean it's obvious that brent is older <laughs> no matter what you do there's just no but, way around it yeah 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 but but i thought it came out pretty well you take a little dramatic license and you, it's all good yeah i thought especially the well nemesis being you know sort of the closest in time the, right the look that look for data which is at the beginning when he's in his like nemesis uniform yep is probably the closest that you know they got pretty damn close to how he yes they did that yeah was they did really really good yeah. the tng because that's like at another seven years younger basically like that's harder to hit but it was yeah. okay you know it was pretty good yeah yeah i thought it worked i thought it worked mm-hmm. what'd you think Kay? because i know you were the one who was most concerned about it yeah, well, no, I think like exactly what Matt said. He looks, if you compare him to Nemesis Data and he looks really, really similar. So, I mean, he still, he still does look a little bit lumpy face. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, I think it looks pretty good. And I think, again, it's because you're expecting him to look like TNG Data because that's mm, right. just isn't going to happen. It's yeah. just not. Right. Yeah, and, it shouldn't. Yeah, yeah right. it shouldn't be the case. Right. right. And it's been a long time since Brent played Data. So Very long. You know. Yeah, it's been 18 years, so like, you know, it's so can we just say that aside from the look, he he inhabited the character of Data like oh yeah, yeah. perfectly, Absolutely. yeah, you know, he jumped right back oh, into yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah, they both did. He they has, both did. He, yeah. he and Patrick. Pat, yeah, yeah. Patrick is Picard the moment you see him. Yeah, you know, it doesn't look like it took him any time to find the character again. He just found him. He was right where he left him, basically. Did, That's what it seems like. Did, yeah. did everyone yeah. have a little heart flutter moment when they went to the shot of the D and then it showed Picard playing poker? Yeah. That oh, was a, yeah. It was, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was a lovely was little moment. Nice. Yeah. Just the beginning. Yeah. I just went, oh, it's just like all good things. Just like all good things. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> they're, they're clear. Like I said, they're clearly trying to channel the tone of that and avoid the tone of Nemesis. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Tone wise, for sure. No one needs yeah. like grim dark Nosferatu people, you know. Yeah. 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 I don't think there are gonna be too many more references to Nemesis after no. after the first couple of episodces. No. I know. no. You'll, because you'll, then and... they've then they've caught us up to the you know. Yeah, I think it was just exposition. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but they had they had to do it though. Like, and, they did. and you'll notice they talked about data dying at the end. They did not talk about Shinzon. Nope. Right? Nope. Nobody gives a crap yeah. about Shinzon. Yeah, nobody does. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to delve into any of that. There's no reason to. It's it doesn't. It's not necessary for the story. A- and yeah. the Romulan system is destroyed, so who cares anymore? You yeah, know what I mean, like, right. as far as that goes. Right. Um, so getting back to the Nemesis tie-ins, so we find out that I guess Data's transfer of his positronic matrix into B4 did not take yeah. properly. Which is, you know, I think that makes sense because B4 was a lesser earlier model. So okay, sure. But they were heading toward it actually working at the end. Oh, of sure. Nemesis. That was that was uh, their little out. Like kind of a, yeah. yeah, it was a safety net in case they wanted mm-hmm. to make another yeah. movie. Yeah, that was that was their Spock can be reborn on Genesis out kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Right. Very yep. much so. Yep. Yeah. To, yep. to me, it was very. I love that they just said it just didn't work because that puts a definitive end to the idea that that storyline could go on. Um, and I yep. felt yep. like it was a very symbolic thing. Like this is how the fandom and everyone feels about it now like it's almost like they put that out there as an option no one no one ever responded well to that as an option no one wanted that and so it did kind of die so you know symbolically that's exactly what happened is they try mm-hmm. to put data into B- before and, and us audience members were like eh, but nah. right yeah so how do we feel about this whole notion that dodge is like kind of a uh I don't know how you, I mean yeah I don't obviously. know how you describe that yeah I don't know how you describe Dodge and, and her sister exactly <clears throat> secret um, androids yeah well, but, but like but, but, but what they were made somehow, from the, the, yeah, yeah made from like they were harvested from data yeah like little positronic like, elements of data somehow right and like they kind of like grown I guess in a lab based off something within data uh, uh, they're not they're, really clear about it their brains that, were their physical. Their physical aspects were apparently all Maddox, who just was like, oh, Data made this painting called Daughter. I'll model them after this because it's a tribute to him or something. Well, was, I think it's because you know, Maddox is obsessed with Data. Maddox is obsessed with it, exactly. And yeah. So he was like, oh, I'll do this. Like, I'll, you know. He thought it was like deep like her, and so. cool, but it's really creepy. Probably. 
Maddox was a creep after yeah, all. He was, super creepy. <laughs> he was, yeah, very creepy. Um, I did find it. But weird you'd still that he take him over Admiral Jerkface, right, Kayla? <laughs> Any day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See our last episode for Admiral Jerkface. <laughs> it is kind of weird, though, that he calls it daughter. It is weird. Because Lol, he called Lol, Lol his daughter. Yeah, I'm curious about the timeline of when he painted the painting. So he painted that in... 2369. That's the sixth season. So he'd already made Lol by then. Wow, interesting. Yeah, Lol was, Lol was third season. Yep. So was third it's, season. Even, it's even more like, let's just pretend Lol never existed to make things easier. Yeah, you know? I, I kept Which thinking about Lol the kind of bugs me out because I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of that episode. People it, love it. it. it it's... It's a bummer, but also I see why they didn't want to complicate it because they just need to like move forward with this stuff. You know what I mean? Lol mm-hmm. didn't work out. She's long dead, so let's not dwell on it. You know, like right, for right. the sort of streamlining of everything and for new fans and for newer people. Like I-, I see why they did that, but it really, it really is a bummer. I wish there had been a, a line somewhere that said. Well, that's really interesting because, of course, like he he tried to make a daughter himself and it didn't work or something. You know, just like a throwaway line of like sure. yeah. he's always wanted that and he tried, and so he would be. You know, it's like oh, he'd be he'd be you know, like thrilled to know that he has daughters now. You know, or something like that. Like mm-hmm. just just some line and it, at least acknowledge it somehow mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it can yeah. move yeah, on. Yep. But yeah. I see why they didn't even bother really. I mean, I know why they didn't, but just like it's kind of a bummer. It because is yeah, kind of like a you bummer. said, it's 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 a great episode. It's it's yeah. too bad that it's ignored. Yeah, although maybe it won't be. I mean, maybe it won't be. We did yeah. only we only we only watch one hour, so it's possible that it will. You know, yeah. Oh work yeah, out totally. Somehow. It's possible, but I'm I'm assuming now. Yeah. No, I I agree, Matt. I agree, but we can't not be certain. Obviously. That's right. We are. We so. can't be certain. Um, what did you think about the one, one of those things that kind of <laughs> amuses me is like, so this necklace that they wear is two circles, which doesn't really look like much of anything, but somehow that's incredibly meaningful. Yeah. To, I thought the same thing to the expert yeah. you know, to Gerardi, Dr. Gerardi. Somehow I was like, Oh my God, this means like this secret symbol. And I'm like, really? It's two circles. You can yeah, find it looked like, like, it looked like costume jewelry. <laughs> well, yeah. Like you can get like two circle things like, right now from cheesy jewelers you know for yeah. like yeah. two hearts joined together you know kind of crap yeah. right now well, i feel like she so knew I thought it was interesting because though because she had worked with maddox and he had his particular he had used that symbol so i don't know that, i guess that so. part of it i bought i guess, I guess. so it just felt yeah. very generic i think that's what matt's trying to say yeah, yeah no, it I was. Guess so, you're right yeah. you're right it, it it wasn't like you know like the medical symbol <clears throat> which is like the uh this two snakes wrapped around uh it wasn't right. anything memorable like that at all yeah. yeah, yeah, true. Um, but you know, whatever. It's it just like, oh, really? Yeah, all yeah, right. whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not. It's not a big deal. It's nothing. No, really no, hung no. up on. But it was just like, oh, all right. That's like that's, that's like really that's the one you're going. Yeah, with. yeah. that's the thing that tips you off but, somehow. Well, yeah. that what was funny about it more than anything that was the way Picard was like seemed so fascinated by it. It's like it's right. Not, it's like okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, why would you assume that it's important? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then she just... says it's basically important because she says, "Oh, oh, my father gave it to me." And by the way, you'll note that both her and her twin make a point of saying their father gave it to him, which I think is, you know, hint, hint, like <laughs> Bruce, Commander <laughs> yeah. Maddox, like gave it to him. But we'll right. see. Um, the weirdest part I thought about the necklace was the fact that um, Dodge. Well, first of all, Picard's like, "Okay, oh, see your, your necklace," and she's like, "Yeah," and she first of all takes it off, which I thought yeah, was just weird. Pops it off. Here you go. And yeah. then like doesn't ask for it back she's like this is well, the most important okay. necklace in the world you can give it back whenever so i went through this because well well she does give it back i mean she gets it back from picard this the, i had to go back and relook at this because originally oh. originally in our in our review that Lori and i co-wrote we go we thought that we said no this is a weird plot hole because she doesn't ask for it back okay so i went and relooked. picard does is a nice guy and does exactly what you expect him to. He hands it back to her. Here's what happened. Dodge just, just is like all tired and is just like whatever. I want to go to my. She room. leaves it on the table and she freaking leaves it on the table. That's how the. It's so stupid. It doesn't really follow that if this is an important like thing to her, she would not leave it behind. Right. But Picard yeah. did return it to okay. her. Okay, so it's, Picard's it's, not it's, at it's fault. It's Dodge who leaves it behind. Right. Well, I think like, it's weird of her to not like immediately put it back very on. Weird. Exactly. Why wouldn't you immediately put it back on? If it has meaning to you, you would put it right back on your neck. But 
there you go. Now he has a thing to to, to go to Doctor Gerardi with, and right. But again, we just have to kind of ignore that minor, a minor, bit. minor, minor. Yeah, and just a little fudging to make the plot work. It's all right. It's yeah. all right. Um, but uh, but well, since we're speaking of plot fudges and stuff, one thing I wanted to point out is they. This is a good thing. They nicely retconned the Romulan. Uh, the threat of Romulus exploding into a much more realistic, much better version of what was said to have happened from Star Trek 2009. I don't know if you guys caught this, but they just simply said that the Romulan sun was going to go supernova, and that's why Romulus was threatened. So they toned everything down in 2009. Remember, it was this insanely impossible thing of the Hobus supernova that was galaxy-threatened. Remember? Oh, yeah, 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 they, yeah. They yeah. overstated it. Yeah, the whole thing was ridiculous. The whole thing yeah. was ridiculous. So what they did here was retcon it to be much more like realistic and normal, which is, mm-hmm. no, it was Romulus' own son, and that's it. It wasn't like a whole crazy bullshit thing. And it just makes it a lot more, It just it's just a nice little retcon that just makes things more realistic. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, well, this was just about, like, the Romulan solar system, and it wasn't about some ridiculous you know overstated thing um so that was a nice nice little fix i would say it does fix it a little bit but it still doesn't explain how the romulans didn't know that their son was going to go supernova oh i agree given, it, given it, that, it, that it, process usually takes millions of years right exactly millions they absolutely years. should have known and it doesn't really quite make sense but um at least they're trying to sort of you know patch things up a little it's better than it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely no um and, and of course one thing that this does because brana you were talking about that we were talking about this uh i think the day after is this also makes nero a little less of like a dipshit crazy person right <laughs> yeah because now we know what happened like and why he's so mad because at first the federation was going to help they were amassing a group of ships to help the synthetic people blew them up and Mars right on their way. Everyone freaks out. They pull back from their offer of, of assistance. You know, everyone like the Federation pulls back from their offer of assistance mm. and that's that, you know, so you can see why Nero is wicked pissed at the Federation and all these people. And then of course, as we know, Spock basically goes on a semi rogue mission to try and fix it. And that doesn't quite work. <laughs> And we get the Kelvin timeline, but, um, you know, it kind of helps all of that a a little bit, I would say. Mm. This is the part of the show that that bothered me. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Was the notion that because of this, this, the, the sense attacked, uh, the Polynesia base on Mars, Uh that Starfleet decided, fuck it. We can't be dealing with this. The Romulans, you guys are on your own. Right. We can't, you know, the, Star, the Federation and Starfleet said we can't do anything for you guys, and 900 million people died. To me, like that is so bad. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like inexcusable. Like it taints Starfleet forever. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it had to and be something that why, bad for Picard to leave. Yeah, and that's of course why he like resigned in protest and like couldn't, you know. Yeah, but that like the, the Federation let 900 million people die. And they don't really explain to you why. I think we're going to nope. find out. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I really because, do. Yeah, that was so. the one thing. It's, that was the one thing egregious. in the old episode that really yeah. rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's egregiously terrible. If that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's like if that's if that's what the Federation is in this era, it's like holy shit. Well, in, unless the damage of that the synths did was on a scale beyond just shooting uh, the shipyards, right? But well, no. They, I mean, they said it. They said it. It. it, it they burned the atmosphere off of Mars because Mars had been terraformed at this sure, point. Sure, sure. So I mean, right. they killed everyone on Mars. Everyone working in the in the Utopia Planitia, all that stuff. It was a big. But deal. it doesn't. That doesn't explain how you just no. It doesn't. A whole group of people that are going to. I agree. By a it doesn't explain it at all. No. Um. So yeah. Yeah, but that's that was the one thing in the episode. That's I, pretty I, damn I, after, awful. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I watched it a second time just to make sure I wasn't confused, and I was like, "Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened." Yeah. I, I, yeah. I hope. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I I totally see where you're coming from. I guess I was mm-hmm. watching that, feeling like they were setting it up to explain more later, like putting some feelers I out there so. and be like, "We're gonna learn more oh, about I hope this." So. 
Because oh, I, I very so. much I mean, hope like, so, because otherwise, then, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's very unsettling. Well, well, I mean, like, there's definitely more flashbacks to that period of time, because we know Patrick Stewart gets in his admiral's uniform for some flashbacks. Because remember, we've seen the admiral's uniform, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on display and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be more coming up. Okay, like, yeah, probably, Ooh, great point, Matt. Yeah, probably woven, you know, it's that whole woven in through the current, you know, plot and then you know, his nightmares and whatever else I think maybe we'll get somewhere. So I'm hoping anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. But um the other thing I find interesting is um the idea of, you know, the Federation um news network or whatever. That, by the way, is not new. I don't know if, if um, people remember, but the first time that actually appeared is in Generations. I was going to say, reporters. yeah, on the bridge. Yep. 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 So although they sort of took it to a new level here, <laughs> it, it, it is a thing that existed like from the Bourbon era. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was thinking, like, I think that for in my mind, I thought that was the same group, you know, the same network or whatever Jake reported for, like Jake mm-hmm. Sisko. He actually reports for the Federation News Service for whatever it's worth, which is, seems like the same. It's technically a different name, but like maybe it's like, like their, it's got to be the, the same of the Associated arm. Press. Exactly, yeah. it's got to be like another arm of the same, or it's like an thing. umbrella. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right, something like that. So we actually have seen like 24th Century Press a few times. Hmm. I thought it would have been cool if the person interviewing him had been Jake Sisko. No, because that person's set up to look like a schmuck. I was going to say, so I know. Like I, yeah, well, you don't want, yeah. yeah, you don't want Jake looking that, like that. I, yeah. that, that. That thought occurred to me at the beginning of the interview, not the end. Yeah. yeah. I, I would I would like to hope that Jake Sisko is not a xenophobe like that reporter was. And knows what Dunkirk is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, knows yeah. And doesn't, doesn't disrespect my captain like that. Yeah. She set him up. Oh, yeah. She totally, oh, totally set him up. Yeah. I was so mad at her at the end. Yeah. So, oh, speaking of that, that was a pretty decent way to give us the sort of exposition of what's been going on in the last 20 years of his life. I, I thought that was a, a pretty good way to do it overall is to have him interviewed. Yeah. I mean, because you got to do You got to do have like the exposition somehow. You got to have so it. You might yeah. as well try and make it kind of clever and kind of part of the plot, you know, like kind of part of the episode. Seemed okay to me. Like it worked. And you know, I, I like we've been we've talked a few times about this idea that Picard is doing the old man Picard thing, where he's just been like hanging out on his vineyard for twenty years, like being sad or whatever. But I, I like <laughs> how they moved on from that very quickly, and they didn't dwell like yes. this. This isn't a story about Picard is depressed and like needs to get out and have fun, you know. And it's not like <laughs> right. And it's not going to take us the whole season arc. To, no. to have him by the end of this episode he's like i was sitting here stewing and like in my own waiting know, to die yeah. waiting to and die i gotta do something about it. and he gets up and he does something about it thank goodness exactly so there's two things i really like about that and the one is like you said nicely it just it's there at the end of the episode we've we've done that little arc our our hero is on his quest now and he's yeah. like a happy good person to follow um but also they didn't just belabor like oh my god he's so sad and like this is such a bleak horrible existence like he lived a pretty nice life he wasn't oh, yeah. doing much, but he mm-hmm. was, and he, uh, he wasn't yeah. the happiest was a ever. Hell of a but nice life on his vineyard in France, exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't, yeah. It's not <laughs> like, oh, thank God this came along. Otherwise, he was like rotting, you know. So I just, I like that they didn't hit us over the head with that. They didn't belabor with, it exactly. Yeah. They didn't yeah. belabor that theme, that trope. Thank goodness, yeah. On that mm-hmm. note, I liked his um, his two Romulan. Patriots, they were really. I, I enjoyed them. I want to know more about them. Me yes, too. yeah, I like them. Cool. I could totally see him living with people like that. Yeah, exactly. And of course, it's nice that they're Romulans because that shows that sort of deeper backstory that goes on. Where it, it's we're pretty sure he must have rescued them. Yeah, you know? and so mm-hmm. they're, they're he's helped them somehow. Now. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I thought that was that was good. I know that there's prequel comics that sort of expand on it but that's not canonical so i'm interested to see what they do in the story mm-hmm. and what do we think of number one just as another random character on the on the uh-huh. no. yeah. <laughs> oh it's fine <laughs> i was fine it was fine, it was fine. I, I think number one was mainly for promotional materials 
I feel like uh, it's, and, well, and, and, and so it was a bone, no pun intended, <laughs> <going> to Patrick. <laughs> yes. In, in yes. the same way, in the same way, the horses were written into generations for sure. For, for like sure. It's just, yeah, and the ATV kinda, for. I mean, yeah, it's ATV. kind of just yeah, it's just kind of like unabashed ass kissing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fine. It totally it's worked. I well, I, I, you me. know, you know what <laughs> bums me out is that dog is actually not very cute, and he Patrick Stewart himself has fostered so many really like very like uh, endearing pit bulls. And I'm like, you found a kind of not very charismatic dog, at least on screen. I'm like, I, don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't feel anything. For Poor number dog. one. Sorry, number one. He was, it was dumb. But they don't whatever. dwell on the dog. I, all exactly, that much, they really. don't dwell on it, so it's allowed to exist as long as we yeah, don't have to hear more it's from fine. it. The the other the other thing is it's it's a very British looking dog, and they're really they were trying to remind you, hey, this character is actually French, not British. Even with though him awkwardly speaking French, yeah, yeah yes, that wasn't which so good. that didn't that it's still better than listening to Tukumva talk in Klingon, which <laughs> was torture to my eardrums. Through the yeah. teeth, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh boy, Let, let's yeah. not go back. Sorry, to sorry, no. but but it's just interesting that they 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 can't really make him as French as the character is supposed to be. But nah, that's, that's part will. of the charm. Which, it's just, which is it perfectly is. fine. We, we, yeah, we've discussed fine. this. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, Patrick doesn't even try to play him French. Which is he good. Plays him very British. He should. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, he's very, fine. he's very much a stiff upper lip oh, kind yeah. of Brit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very much so. Um, so. I just like to say regarding the dog and the amount of time it spent on screen and the amount that it was used. I thought that the dog had a nice Keenzer ratio. If you will, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, he did. You're Just right. Just the did. right yes. amount of Keenzer, not too much Keenzer. Yep. yep. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see a little bit more of him in the next couple of shows because I think they're going to be on Earth for a couple more episodes. It, it, it seems like it. Yeah. As long as they don't yeah. tip that ratio per episode, it, it's you know, it's it's ongoing. It's not cumulative, and, so they can. In other words, as long as Jean Luc is not carrying the dog in like a travel bag with him everywhere yeah, it, he goes, if it comes yeah. with him to space, they have passed. They have gone. The Keenzer ratio is way too high at that point. <laughs> way too high. Yeah. He's definitely not coming to space, so that's good. Yeah. He'll stay he'll stay back with the Roman people, you know, with the yeah, Roman he'll chill with them a yeah. And I do like that they used him. I do like the use where he like uh was sort of used to sniff out Dodge, you know, and Picard even says, Well, number one doesn't think you're a threat. So I don't think you know. It was kind of a nice little like he's a judge of character, you know, mm. for him. It was a nice little use of him. Sure. Like, so it's yep. good. Yeah, I thought he was fine. I thought he was um fine. So let's talk about. I just was reminded. Let's talk about the Romulan assassins for a minute because that was mm-hmm. a little like crazy balls. Um, mostly because which, which sequence? Uh, well, the rooftop one. Mostly because they spit acid. That what was weird. Was that that's very strange. I really it's hope like they a suicide. Ex- it was like one of those suicide pellets. Yeah, that that's what would, I. Thought. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I would like to see that explained though because that's never been seen as a thing before. It was like a kamikaze so. thing. Yeah. But if, yeah, yeah, but yeah, and if they're like kind of a strike force, yeah, you know, I, I guess that's see. right. It's a, it's a, I guess so. That's the only way it makes I mean, any they, sense. Those dudes look like they were they, they they're were no joke. around. Yeah, yeah. No joke. <laughs> I can't. Be, I still can't believe yeah. that happened. That she died in that scene. That, well, yeah. Let's talk about how ballsy that is. That they basically kill her in the first episode. That's pretty good. I was you like, know, I think that's. I, I think shocking. My husband literally turned to me and was like, "Did that." Did that just happen? He's like, maybe it was a dream. And then, like, a couple scenes later, it's very nope. clear. And I'm like, it's, no, babe, she real, died. Man. He's like, did she die? It was shocking because we're like, well, wait, it's over now. Because they're, of Thankfully, course, holding out. There's and a twin. Just, that was a little cheesy, but it worked. Yeah, the twin thing's a little cheesy. Yeah. But um, on that note, what do we think about the fact that there's this twin who is, we haven't know we don't know much about her yet, but. She's apparently working for the Romulans, reclaiming Borg technology. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's there it wasn't much to go on. No, nope, really. we don't. We'll probably know more. You know, I'm, soon. I'm confused about their way. about the the age of the twins because I thought that they were quite young at first because Dodge was like, "Oh, I just got into like grad school, yep. basically." Yeah, she's going to Daystrom. Um, so I thought she was like maybe early twenties. As a fellow. Yeah, then that's what she looks her like. Her sister is like, yeah, oh, doctor, so and so has a, has a doctorate already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe she was turned on before her sister. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll find out. 
because they are they are essentially data and lore. Sure, that's that's totally what they're going for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I really enjoy the look of the Romulan ships, where they're supposed to look like the Balance of Terror ships, but cool and new. I thought the fa- Romulan phasers were also really cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. The the dual disruptor ones. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, those yeah. look Romulan. Yeah, yeah. That that new Romulan ship looked interesting. Very much like a bird. Like, yes, truly much like more bird like, which is good yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and we will be seeing and we will be seeing the original bird of prey. Yeah, they got a mixture this, from from Balance of Terror. Yeah, they got a mixture of old and new because you know. You had to evacuate. You got to use whatever. Yeah, you're gonna use like old museum ships. <laughs> yeah. You use you use whatever's yeah, available. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That's exciting. That's gonna be really really yeah, cool to see that. Cool. Yeah, because that that ship never got a lot of screen time outside of Balance of Terror. Yeah. So. No. Well, I think the model broke in an earthquake, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was in. I think oh. it was in the Deadly Years. I think, and then that was it. Model broke. It, it broke, and that's why when they did they the had Enterprise that BS incident, about they had, they had uh, Alliance Fox saying Klingons. like the Romulans are now using Klingon yeah. designs, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they, they had the cover for they, it. They they went to war with the troops they had. Yep. So I'm wondering where we've kind of been doing this, but I wonder if explicitly people have like a favorite moment and a least favorite moment, or thing, or theme, or. Mm. I mean, I thought it was cute when we saw the Captain Picard Day sign. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know if the Red Letter Media guy said, I don't think Picard would have saved that sign. I think Deanna probably saved it and made sure it was in there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could I could see her being like, take this, like, keep it, you know, kind of arguing with them to keep like, it. Like, no, yeah. you're keeping it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Come on. The kids made it for you. Keep yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He probably, I mean, now he probably cherishes that. He's probably glad she made him keep. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jean-Luc has mellowed a little bit. I, yes, yeah. he has. Yeah, quite a bit. You can tell. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes, especially because clearly Data is going to have some sort of influence over what happens here. Oh, yeah. Somehow. Um, I mean, they opened the whole thing with Blue Skies, which, I don't know, a, a colleague of mine, we were discussing it today, he thinks that they're going to figure out a way to bring Data back. Well, they're certainly saying that with this whole like kind of quantum soul that somehow they're built from, you know, the the, the twins are built from data yeah. somehow. It seems like if you can build them, <laughs> you can build another data. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Seems like that might be. But will it ever really be him? Mm. That's the question. Yeah. Yep. Then again, no yeah, one's so ever we'll really gone. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to fig- to project beyond this episode. They don't give you a lot to go on, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Although I get the feeling there's a lot of foreshadowing in this with like the dialogue between him when they're painting and everything, where yeah. when we've seen the whole season and we go back and rewatch this episode, we'll say, "Ah, that's what they're pointing to." Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. Um before we close, but I feel like we're coming to a really yes. nice wrap up. I just have one thing I've like mm-hmm. wanting to talk about, which is yes. um, just a little oddity for me. And I wonder if any of you guys noticed it as well. Um, I thought like, as you said, Brian, the whole thing was photographed beautifully. Um, but there was one scene in particular that struck me as bizarrely out of place in terms of the way mm. it was filmed um, and edited in particular. Um, and that was the scene where Dodge um, is coming to meet, Picard in the vineyard and then he stands up oh. and they walk towards each other there yeah. it, it's almost like they didn't get enough coverage and so they had to like edit it together w- weirdly because the the, the yeah. editing was all over the place and the, the shots didn't match up you could tell like from the performances that they didn't match up and yeah. it ends on this weird low angle handheld shot for some reason where you're like looking at Picard's pants and it was just like it honestly it was so strange yeah. it, it took me out of the I story. I wonder if that's uh I wonder yeah, if no, that's that... stand-ins, you know, hand stand-ins like basically. Yeah. No, Mikhail, that shots. whole sequence is weird. Even even coming out of the previous scene like it doesn't really flow. It doesn't flow at all. Yeah, it feels like they were reworking a lot of that. And look, this this whole sequence of episodes was probably reworked a little bit anyway because Culpepper was only supposed to direct the first right. two. It morphed into three. Yeah. And it morphed into three, which leads me to believe that they were rewriting on the fly and they were probably a lot of this stuff was being rewritten in the edit room. 
which is why you're seeing like that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's and very non-cohesive. Editing. And and when you and and if you don't see their faces, that means you can loop the dialogue. You know what I mean? Like you can, you know stuff like that. So they were probably doing some rewriting in the editing. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't think about it until you just pointed out. But now that now that I reflect on that, yeah, I totally know what you're talking hmm. about. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was an awkward sequence. Yeah, that was the only one that uh, that. But it really, honestly, it pulled me right out the story. I was like, what, what? Yeah, I was also wondering why Picard would not like run away when she mentioned that you know her boyfriend had been killed and <laughs> she killed a bunch of Romulans. Yeah, <laughs> him, I'd be like, what? <laughs> help! He's he's help, in concerned anyone? grandpa mode though. No, I know, I know. Like, I'm, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> yeah. Well, and remember, number one thinks she's okay, so it's all. That's true. You know, That's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, can I say one thing that bothers me, and it's an intre- It's I think it's a problem with the this current aesthetic it's ha- it's you will probably see it at some point in discovery too it's it's part of what they think the current aesthetic is is when you look at the boston uh skyline mm-hmm. there's cute easter eggs but it points to a larger question but so let's just say that the fun part is in the skyline are signs for the london kings which is interesting because that means baseball made a comeback that's <laughs> buck Bokai's. That's Buck Bokai, uh, yeah, yeah. Team from the 21st century. So that means maybe Cisco brought it back, you know? Cisco brought baseball back. Um, there's a Cassidy Yates Interstellar Freights uh, signage in the mix. Oh, I miss that. Mm-hmm. That one was really hard to see. Somebody find Yeah, you have to look really that. hard for this Yeah, stuff. it was hard. And then a very obvious one, though, is there was a Ferengi symbol. Yep. It was a, yeah, I saw that It was one. like an ad for a Ferengi wine. Here's the problem. These are all adverts. Why the hell are there advertisements in the 24th century. There always what, will be. No. Why, though? The, the same reason that the Quark's Bar exists. Like, the Federation, quote-unquote, like, has bar no money. On the, but that's on the out, outer sort of reaches of things. Yeah. This is like the inner, like, portion of the Federation where they don't really do currency anymore. They don't really do stuff. I'm not really sure why we would have crazy neon, like, laser-projected Yeah, I guess adverts. so. Like like Blade yeah. like in Blade Runner twenty forty nine like in Blade Runner exactly it looks like a more like Blade Runner, um, it just seems a little it's and it also just goes against whatever we've seen in other you know Trek parts of the Trek franchise. Yeah. Earth is not is more mellow and not so commercialized. Very twenty first century commercially. Yeah. yeah, it seems very twenty first century influenced. And I don't think I like it. The more I thought about it, the more it bothered me. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah, fair. no, that's actually a really good point. But maybe, maybe they won't harp on that again. Maybe that was just to put little. Easter oh yeah, eggs. no, I think it's just like it, a, here. It, this looks it, neat. It, yeah, it was to be cute, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's just a here. How this looks neat. You are of uh, but, being cute like that. Yes, but I still yep. think it, it points to maybe a misunderstanding about the future from mm. some of the producers and yep, visual no, effects that's a really people. Good point. Uh, but you know, all right, whatever. I just I said it. It's not gonna like hold me up from enjoying <laughs> right. it. You know, right? For anyone right. out there right now who's getting ready to write us an angry letter that says you don't even like the show, Matt said he hates it, and that the that no <laughs> right. one, they don't understand because <laughs> you heard one negative thing. That's it. Yeah, no, we love to nitpick like, the little things because we it's love it's not it. gonna hold up. Yeah, exactly. That's the it's point of this podcast. Deal. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it is. Yeah. But we and, nitpick and we because notori- we care. Trekkies are notorious. Mm-hmm. Trekkies are notorious nitpickers. Yeah. We, well, always we, we focus yeah. on always both happen. details, good and bad. We focus on mm-hmm. some tiny little details that we loved as well. So it's fun to do yep. both. Yep. All right, guys. Okay, well, I think that's, yeah. That's I feel good. like we did a good, I think I feel like we've covered everything. Does anybody have anything more they want to say? No, there wasn't a huge amount of content to go over, right? So, yeah, it is early on. It is yeah. early on. Definitely, the plot has not really developed yet. That's right. right. We, we definitely really... need to see like a few more episodes to really yep. get somewhere. But we yep. we yep. remain as we began cautiously optimistic. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yep. So say we all. Yep. Yeah, I think next week's episode, or should I say this week's episode, mm-hmm. is called Maps and Legends. Hmm. And that's about all we know about it. <laughs> um, I would guess in the next episode or two, we'll, we'll see Will and Deanna. Because 
I think he's going to be on Earth for a couple more episodes, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And then he'll be going off into space. And I think that he probably visits them before he goes away. Yeah, I agree. That's a guess. Just for a little that's a, pep that's talk. That's a total guess. Yeah, a little pep talk. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So the next episode or two, we will hopefully see Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sardis. So we see one more. Once again, we will see some old friends. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we get the new crew. Yeah. Like, I know he goes and recruits people next. Right. Because he, right. as he's like, you know, as he points out, he's like running around winded and he's like, we need help. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> you do. No, I mean, you know, look, look, he's a 90 like, year old guy needs help. Yeah. A 90 year old guy needs yep. help. It's true. He's going to, he's going to head out to Vasquez rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah apparently, apparently so. All right. Well, good times. Looking forward to next episode. I'll tell you. Yep. So we'll be back next week. We're going to do these every week until the show's over, and then we'll probably do a wrap-up show after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so nine more weeks to go. <laughs> nine more weeks to go. Yep. But we're looking, we're hoping we enjoy every moment. Oh, of yeah. It. I hope so. We, we certainly have cause to be excited after this. Definitely. Mm-hmm. definitely. Things are looking up. Most definitely. Yep. All right, guys. All right. We will we'll see you all next week. All right. All right. See you Bye, next everybody. week, guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>